Hey guys, it is time. It is February 2019, the 18th. Screwed that date up, but it does not matter. It is time to talk esports. Welcome to Project Esports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew, alongside my awesome esports fanatics, obsessionists, whatever you want to call yourself, Dylan and James. How are you guys doing today? Good. Um, I like to be referred to as esports radical, um, but yes, very good. I'll take obsessionist. I'll take that. I like that. I don't even know that's a word. I just kind of made up on the fly there, but there's been a lot of esports, and I mean a lot more than we even expected with Tetris, which will be at the top of the show, being included from these last couple of days. But what did you guys watch this weekend? What were you really into? I know we'll talk about specifics this weekend, but what did you watch this last weekend? League, Rainbow, Overwatch. Overwatch, uh, some some Tetris, Ooh. and that's been my my main two. Tetris, that that'll be an interesting conversation for me. Of course, almost every single game. I think I missed one, and that was a Vancouver game last night. Is the only game with Overwatch League I haven't watched. Watched a little bit of FlyQuest and Hundred Thieves, and then watched uh, Doctor Disrespect's Apex tournament on Friday. Just a little bit of that. Um, watched him do with a duo with uh, Gordon Hayward today. That was enjoyable. Really. Yeah, him and Gordon Hayward playing. I guess he's always, yeah, he was in the league commercials way back. I remember we talked about that. But enough of that. We don't have any housekeeping today. We are just going to jump straight into the news. And Dylan is going to be leading you with Tetris, like I said earlier. Why are we talking about Tetris again? Okay, so Tetris, so I think we talked about this like a year ago. It's it was a really long time. I think it was a me and James only episode, probably. I think it's like we always pop off about weird esports um, during that time. But uh, Tetris is making kind of a surgence now because of Tetris 99, which came out for free on the Switch. So anyone who doesn't know, Tetris 99 is a Tetris Battle Royale. And I know what you're saying. What? Like Tetris Battle Royale sounds really dumb, except it's amazing. It's so cool. So the way it works is it's normal um, like battle Tetris. So if anyone's played versus, basically you try to get combos and said combos uh, screws other people over. But the interesting thing about this is there's, um, you know, 99 people total. And so the way that you attack other people is you can do random. You can attack people who are attacking you or you can go whoever has the most kills um, at the moment. The most kills. And, yeah, the, and you try to get kills and eliminate people and then you get badges. And if you get badges, I, I think I think the way it works is that you're like more powerful. So your combos are going to do more so you can kill a little bit easier. But like if you kill someone with a ton of kills, like, you know, you, you can get more powerful that way. So there's comeback mechanics. And let me explain. I, I need to explain the difference. So there's two big Tetris out right now. Um, there's classic Tetris, which I would say is the biggest one which is Tetris on the NES. And then there is like modern Tetris. So the big difference is with modern Tetris, you can hold blocks. Um, so that's like, if you get like, it's mostly used if you get like, um, like if you get an eyepiece, um, you'll hold the eyepiece so that you can get a big Tetris. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Um, and then the other one is, uh, is like spinning. So whenever you spin in modern Tetris, you can kind of hold it there and it doesn't go down as fast. But you can't really do that in in old Tetris. And so the way old classic Tetris works is that you basically kind of want to go and get the most Tetris, Tetrises, Tetris Tetris I think think it's Tetrises. You try to get the most Tetrises and go the longest to get the highest score. In modern Tetris, it has a lot to do with combos. There's like this thing called a a T-spin. 
um, which is like you, you, you get the T block and you spin it into place um, to, to get a clear. And that's worth extra points. Um, it's really cool. Um, so I, I really I personally really like classic Tetris because um, it's really hype. And there's a classic Tetris tournament every year. And it's always really good. Um, that's where the meme like boom Tetris comes from. Um, I don't know. Oh, and it, so if, if anyone hasn't seen it, go look up like uh, 2016 um, te- classic Tetris finals. It's great. Wasn't it a really big deal? Like, or the yeah. last year was a really big deal yep. too, because it was yeah. There was, I mean, sick, there was a sick comeback. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's really good. And the and the new one is is all about like doing combos and and like the T spins and it's really hype. It's really cool. Go on Twitch, look up some streamers streaming it because I think it is probably the best battle royale. It is my favorite battle royale. It's super cool. I want to get a Switch just to play it. Like I like I like I just want to be able to play it all day because it's so cool. And Tetris is such an interesting game. I think. Well, you'll, you'll, you can play it at a PAX East when we're together. I'll bring my Switch and allow you to play if you don't have it by then. But Yeah. So, so your justification for talking about Tetris for five minutes on the podcast, that's a battle royale? <laughs> well, no. So it, it's a battle royale because Tetris 99 is a battle royale, yeah. and it just came out. Um, it came out in the past week. Yeah, during the Tetris um, Direct, yeah. they announced that was live then. Yeah, I remember watching Yeah, that. and it's, technic- it's a battle royale game. So you're standing I mean, by that this is a tried and true uh esport so maybe not tetris 99 but it does uh drive a lot of interest into the tetris community which in turn is going to have some trickle down effect into classic tetris i think i hope it does because classic tetris is hype yeah and you know what i never i would never agree with that until i watched the clip you made me watch the last time we talked about it which was the grand finals and that was that was hype that was that was yeah, yeah, that was that was that was a really good time. But but I I support him. It's a battle royale, man. You put ninety nine people playing Tetris against each other. I like that you can't like you can't specifically target one person. It's always like a reactionary thing. Yeah. Um. So I like that because I feel like if you get like, can you like can you queue up as like a bunch of people or is it only by yourself? No, you, you. I don't think you can queue up with other people. Okay. I will um, but download you don't have to worry about and get back to you next week with an update. Let me know. Yeah, if you're, I mean, try it. You'll get absolutely blasted. Probably. But, I, I right, hate Tetris. I'm horrible at it, but I will try it. And I will give an update next week on how that is all going. And maybe if anything comes around with uh, Tetris 99, we'll talk more about it. But for something else that was incredibly hype and incredibly long, let's hand it over to James to talk some Rainbow Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the Invitational happened over the weekend, and we got basically groups. Groups happened on Thursday. There was a day break, and then it was semis and then finals. Um, so, spoilers for anybody, um, G2 didn't win it. Um, G2 is kind of like cashing in on this like esports empire. They're kind of they're kind of getting there. That being said, they just got defeated in League of Legends over the weekend. Um, Finally, but yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the one thing that uh, that was crazy is that when I went into watching the Invitational, I was like, okay, well, like. The finals are obviously going to be a different format. They're not just going to be best of two. They're going to be probably best of three. They, they were like, it was a best of five kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah, no. So typically they're best of three. Finals went to best of five. Makes sense, right? What I didn't know is that it's unlimited overtime. Unlimited overtime. So what happens in Siege is pretty much uh, once you get to a tie or once you get to like 6-6 six, six, um, between each team, you have to get two wins in a row to progress for the W, right? What happened was is that G2 and Team Empire, the guys who took second, literally went 22 rounds before on map one before anybody took two in a row. It was nuts. And 
I uh, shout out to Kickstarter and Tarot because they casted the whole thing and they were dying by the end of it. But oh my god, it was nuts! Like watching that and just in awe that it just kept going and it didn't stop and it didn't stop. Um, unfortunately, I think I think G two was just a little better condition than Team Empire was because after that, like the, the round, like the last two maps were really quick. It was a three, it was a three zero map by G two, but after like. After that first map, everybody's like, "They're just kind of defeated." Oh. Yeah, like that. That was the point break, kind of. And after that, it just went all downhill. So what I what I also found out is that the the uh, the Invitational last year, which was uh, also G two, the one that um, the 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 grand total of of rounds was twenty five for three maps. So they banged that out in one map and then just kept going farther. It was, oh my god, man, it was an experience, but. Invitational was uh, it's you know what I like the platform they do it because not only do they have like a competition, they also announce a bunch of like changes to the game and stuff like that. And I really hope Blizzard takes a page out of Ubisoft's books because like Ubisoft answered like everybody's prayer from like crouch spamming to like operator reworks to map reworks to like what the roadmap was. They banged it all out. It was sick. They were reworking stuff that was an issue like deployable shields and stuff like that. Like man. They they knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they're doing. It was it was incredible. It was great to watch. So so I guess two things I want to talk about. So I'm just kind of curious. Like as they went to 22 maps, did the hype kind of build up, or did people like just get it over with already? No, it was constant hype, and it kept creeping up because everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is it! Oh my god, this is it!" And then it wasn't it. And then you're like, "Oh my god!" So first map lasted an hour and a half. It was an hour and a half. Of just like constant like being like on the edge of your seat because you didn't know what was gonna happen. Huh. It was it was nuts. And then I think after maps in map two and three, once you saw how dominant G two was in map two, after the initial like buildup, um, I think the hype kind of died off there because everybody kind of saw where it was going. But no, nah, that the, the, those twenty two rounds were real exciting. And like I mean, that's credit to the casters as well too because they kept that energy up the entire time, right? So that was awesome. And then, Dylan, unless you have anything to kind of talk about the Invitational side, I want to talk a little bit more about, like, the big changes. Because I, I really heard very few people, like, I didn't even hear anyone talk about this 22-map round. Like, that wasn't the big takeaway kind of in the mm-hmm. esports side of the community from Rainbow Six Seas. It was the big changes. So, yeah. was it just, like, with Overwatch, you hear all kind of, like, right now, the big GOATS meta is kind of a big thing there, and people kind of getting sick of that, and there's just people are claiming that some things are stagnant, some maps aren't fun, all that kind of stuff. So would it be that the equivalent of saying that not only did Rainbow Six, like, rework characters to ways people want them, fix maps that are bad, but also, like, change the meta and fix pretty much everything that was wrong with the game, or is it just a bunch of small quality of life changes? Like, when you say you want Blizzard to take a book note from what Ubisoft just did, like, what aspect was it that they really did well? So it was basically through like the last, I would say around the last three months of community feedback that like people have been giving Ubisoft and in terms of like fixing the games, like core, core mechanics and stuff like that. Crouch lean spamming was becoming a really big thing that there was like no diminishing return and stuff like that. So when you watch your character, you try to shoot somebody, it was literally like left, right, down, up. And like you couldn't, there was no, like if you were really good at it, there was no way you were hitting them. Right. So it didn't make sense. Right. So they completely reworked that. Um, and that is a like and like to me that's not just a quality of life thing that's a core component of the game right um but it's definitely not a bad thing um as well like uh what the pro scene is implemented is actually like outright bans if um operators are too too powerful for 
pro uh, the the pro scene. So so basically, what happened was with Lion, Lion was an instant ban every team. So what the pro scene did was like, okay, we're not letting you use him. So they, they they're like, okay, we're gonna rework him so he's viable in pro play and he's not totally toxic in in like you know competitive. And as well, they also finally fixed ranked. They're changing ranked. They're going for operator bans. They're implementing the the pro scene style. So like, they, like these aren't quality of life things, man. Like these game are changing, like experience changing things. It, exactly. Yeah. And they're finally getting rid of beta in the, in the rank playlist. Cause that's been there for like three years. So good job, Ubi. Good job, boys. I guess so I, I, I both want... really answered both Mike Dylan. Is there anything you kind of want to touch on this? I know you probably didn't watch too much of it, but no, I think this is really good though. I mean, Ubisoft has been just doing all great things with, rainbow six and this is just another like tick in that box of just more great stuff that they're doing they're listening to the community they're putting changes in that are actually good yeah yeah and then, and then like and then there was like like little tweaks like you know some of the operators who were like considered like even overpowered without being banned like ash they're removing some of her gun components so she's not as viable dylan i know you played ash before she, they're getting rid of her acog that's rip yeah so but yeah no so they're they're doing that stuff and they and they announced new stuff new stuff that's coming up like our two australian operators which should be really really fun so the next thing we kind of had on our dock there with you guys kind of wrapping that up was the overwatch league but there's two things i wanted to kind of talk about on the blizzard side before <clears throat> so last monday we talked a little bit about like the pending layoffs nothing had happened anything like that they had made it sound like it was just going to be a couple hundred but there was about 800 people at Blizzard Activision that was laid off. And, of course, all of us feel incredibly. And anything that I kind of had last week for Devil Advocate, I take back. Because how they opened the call, the head of Blizzard, how they opened the call, or Activision, I can't remember, one of the two, I think it was Blizzard, said that this was one of their better years yet. They made over $2 billion, and they are unhappy that they only made two billion dollars instead of like 2.5 billion dollars but it was still like a record setting a really well year for them and they're still doing those layoffs so i'm like sure like destiny was gone sure that market team going away but they cut back on so many other things that really didn't seem necessary and that they would just rather focus on the big cash cows rather than developing new games so they laid off people that they just seemed well we could easily hire you on for a new project but instead we're just gonna lay you off is kind of how the whole vibe has been about this, and so many people have been affected by it. So I know I'm unhappy with how I presented like the whole situation last week, so I wanted to bring that back up because I definitely, the whole devil's advocate that I played last week, I totally disagree. This whole thing has been a mess, and I really hope anyone that's been affected does get back on their feet because it is really a horrible thing that happened to a lot of people. Yeah, just to build on that, a, a big thing that like a lot of people were going to bat for about about blizzard was like the severance packages and stuff like that and i guess a lot of the people who were newer didn't get any of that whatsoever so a lot of them were worried about like statuses and stuff like that as far as like you know like green cards and stuff and like what they were going to do as far as work and thankfully it looks like the twitter response has been very good um reddit of course has been a absolute mess because of this um and yeah like basically the the the, the roles they were laying off were like with the, I, i'm assuming what they consider non-essential which is Community managers. Yeah, community managers, yeah. marketing, some publishing kind of side, like anything that really wasn't game design pretty much. Yeah, And a exactly. lot of esports personality as well too, which directly affects off you. You see those cuts to um, the, I mean, the Overwatch League even with some of the personalities being gone, the hair and makeup team that a lot of people commented on this weekend being gone. So 
you see cuts to the esports side too. But then also on the other side of all this, I, I forgot to link the article in our outline. But on that same call, they confirmed the Call of Duty franchising league. Yeah, yeah, they did. So that's I'm mean, that's the thing we kind of talked about earlier when they laid out the scene from this year that like it wasn't talked about anything like that in this year's, but they've confirmed it now and that will be coming around and it'll be everything we talked about before with the Overwatch team getting the first dibs and all that kind of stuff. But it just blows my mind that they have a record year. They're opening a new league, but they're still cutting back on staffing for the Overwatch League with so many marketing people that could have been transferred over to the Call of Duty League got laid off. Like it just seems like sure restructuring that happens. Business is business. Restructuring happens, but eight percent of a company that large with a record year is unbelievable to me. So, I mean, Call of Duty League—that's awesome. I can't wait to see how that's coming. I don't want to take away from the excitement of the Call of Duty League and seeing how that's going to lay out, but just some of it contradicts itself, and that's my biggest problem with kind of what happened on Tuesday of last week, the day after we recorded. Anything don't. to add before we go into Overwatch? A little lighter tone. No, it's just terrible. Yeah. yeah, it is awful. No, yeah, I agree. I just feel like we had we had to touch on it at least a little bit more because last week was rumors. This week, it's a reality. Yeah, exactly. But the good side of Blizzard, kind of not the good side, but the good thing that happened in the Blizzard kind of atmosphere was the Overwatch League finally kicked off after what feels like the longest off season in all of history of anything, and in my opinion, lived up to the hypes. The games were so much fun. I watched everything. I mean, so many games went to map five and game five. Like, it was it was something. So, I guess before we kind of go into it, I know all three of our teams lost. So, taking that out of the picture, what did you guys think of opening weekend? Are you looking forward to weekend two? Dealing with this <laughs> little sign. Awesome. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so, even though my team lost, I still had a blast watching the games and wow, the DC community is super hyped on them. And uh, it's great. It's great to see. Yeah, yeah I know it. you went to Watch Party. We'll talk about that in just a minute or two. But I, and I'm super jealous of that first off. But James, I mean, you're a Mayhem fan. It can only ever be so much fun for you, but... I don't know, man. It was my first. It was my first year actually, like watching, like watching the Overwatch. Which, yeah, which makes me more yeah. curious to see what you think of it because this was your first time really into it. Uh yeah, like I mean, I I I like the halftime. I liked how like the format was set up and stuff like that. Um, was there a lot of games? Yeah, but like to me as somebody who's watched a lot of like League of Legends and stuff like that, and I've sat through like seventy minute games. This what like map fives weren't really didn't phase me. Um, so I feel like the complaints really for like the casual fan. You goddamn casuals. So um, for me, like I loved it. I I loved the amount of games I got. It was great. Um, and there was like I mean, my big complaint, and I think this again, like I'm just kind of echoing something that was mentioned previously is the GOATS composition isn't really the most entertaining to watch. Um, But, like, I mean, that being said, you didn't see, like, it wasn't constantly GOATS all the time because we did get to see, um, Dylan, you and I were talking about this, um, Philly's Tracer, who busted it out? (sighs) Help me out with that. It was was when they were playing the Spitfire. Uh, Carpe. Carpe, yeah. Yeah. So, like, like, and it was, like, the last minute thing. I was like, oh, this can change. Like there's like, there's different dynamics to this and stuff like that. So we've seen that. And then seeing, of course, uh, Defran bust out Torbjorn. Yeah. Was, I mean, we saw, was so fun. every single champion was played this weekend, which is always yeah. super fun. We saw some of the double sniper combo. We saw Trey. We saw Hotpa, um, for the charge pretty much play tracer for 
a whole map. Like, you, you saw every character, which is always fun. Sure, it always goes back to goats, and you hear the goat chants in the <laughs> crowd, and it's it's a meme at this point, but we did see other things, and um, I also saw a tweet online that um, some uh, one of the teams started with four DPS and then changed to the gates after uh, goats after one push, and the whole crowd started booing. So, like, no one enjoys yeah. watching it, but we do see these teams trying to incorporate different strategies, trying to change it up and see what's working. So I do think that Goats meta will shift as teams get more towards it and teams are trying to try more things. But Goats isn't going anywhere anytime soon, which is unfortunate. But at least we still see everything. And if we saw every single champion every weekend, I'd love that. We had some Metro do damage for the first time this weekend. Um, yeah, it, to, did like, uh, it did like no damage, though. Like, come on. It doesn't matter. It's damage. There wasn't any damage done so. last year with the new reworked uh, Symmetra. So I, I loved it this weekend. I Like I said, I watched almost every single match, either on VODs or live, except for Vancouver so far, which I'll probably go back and watch at some point this week. So Go watch those, been... please. What do you say? I say go watch those, please. Yeah, the I'll, I'll really have to. But very good. I've, I've loved being back, being in the community. I, I was in kind of a watch party all weekend. Uh, James, I don't, I don't know kind of how you enjoyed it. You just kind of watched it. Uh, so, yeah, so my entire weekend was basically whatever the primary event was, depending on what team was playing on one monitor than the two other streams on my other monitor. Like, yeah. it was basically, it, and that's kind of how I existed the entire weekend. It was, it was, it was enjoyable. I missed doing that. Yeah, so. and I had the all access pass. So I had the main one on this one. I always had a, a map on my right one and the stats and a player view on the left one. So I had the triple monitor and all that kind of stuff. But Dylan, you were actually lucky enough to actually be able to go to a live view party for the very first Washington Justice game. So talk about your experience there, maybe some of your failings there. Um, tell, t- tell us how your time was, Dylan. It was it was wonderful. It was great. There was no bad parts about it. Um, so, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I live in Northern Virginia, um, like just outside of D.C. I still live in the D.C. area. But, um, yeah, I, I bought tickets to it. Um, it was put on by Washington Justice themselves, like uh, the people in the area that work for Justice put it on. And yeah, so I, you know, hopped on the Metro, I went into DC and it was at this place that, um, the, it was, it was just a big bar and like, there was a downstairs area. It was like a big, huge open like area with a bar and stuff. Um, I'm guessing it's used normally for like, um, like sporting events and stuff where people go and watch. Um, but this whole entire one was, um, uh, was just like completely filled with people. So only overwatch completely packed place there was hundreds of people there like i cannot uh, like underemphasize how many people were there like it was it was actually incredible it actually felt like being at in uh, one of the overwatch games minus you know the people on the stage um but it was incredible you know it was uh we went in there we got swag bags with with stuff and that's where i got the get the little foam shield and uh we, we got like a little water bottle and a bunch of stickers of the players and um it was great and like also it was during happy hour so it was cheap drinks there too which is cool. <laughs> oh no um, but it, but it was, it was hype though and then uh uh mike or mark ein i forget his name um, but he's the entrepreneur that owns the team um he was there he was oh, just that's there super cool oh okay. yeah and then he got up on stage and was like hey everyone like thanks for showing up i really appreciate this because he's a local duty uh, what's to he DC. doing not getting an interview for us uh he was he was busy he's slacking over there that's yeah, all I, I was sl- i'm not gonna lie i was slacking Networking. i was i was really he was having fun man he was having a good time always not working here 
Yeah, it was it was really good though, and, and like I said, it was absolutely packed. It was wonderful though. Um, obviously, the games were a little bit quick. Um, I had like an hour and a half total there, um, so it wasn't super long, but very enjoyable. And wow, the DC community is super hyped on Justice, even though they lost their games. People are really hyped on them, and the DC teams, uh, the the DC uh, community is really hyped on their teams. So, you're gonna try to get back to another one soon, or you'll be happy with Watch from Home for a while. Um, I don't know when the next big one is. Sure. I know there's a couple smaller ones because the, the esports community here is pretty strong. So I might go out to some of the smaller ones, but absolutely like if there's like uh if there are like any finals and they're having a big one, I'll absolutely go to that. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, any other last kind of wrap up on opening weekend? I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot, like we said, kind of with League of Legends. We're not gonna run through recaps of every single game. There's way too many. There's 16 games going through all the scores and the recaps and stuff. That's just way too much to talk about now. So we'll talk about more big things, kind of our takeaways. We'll always mention how each one of our teams do and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of getting into the nitty-gritty, we'll talk about the bigger topics. I do want to talk about the first game. So the very first game back was like a rematch. It was a rematch. Finals. And, you know, Philly, Philly, the Philly show looking Philly show. Philly show. They're looking very good. So like them coming back and be able to win, like, is it the the same roster? Is it the exact same roster? Very similar. It's very close. It's very close. Uh, Philly kept most of their players. But yeah. And I mean, and even with that, I guess one other thing I would kind of touch on before we leave is that, like we said, a lot of map fives, a lot of round threes, like it was going all the way to the end, especially once we can got going and we saw Paris beat London. Like this year is going to be a lot more competitive, I feel like. I feel like we know who the top three are, but that four through six, that four through ten is going to be so competitive and anyone is going to be able to win everything. Obviously, there'll be a couple teams kind of down that struggle more. But we saw the charge, the spark, both put on fantastic performances. I don't think a lot of people projected Paris to beat London, last season's champions. And we saw yeah. Atlanta. Did Atlanta? No, Philly won that game. But they Philly took it to Map 5, round game, 3. Like, went to game 5, yeah. And you, once again, Philly beat... Um, London. So, I mean, London's not looking well. NYXL is looking amazing, as always. Like, it is going to be a great, really competitive season, which gets me super hyped. Because, obviously, seeing a bunch of 4-0s is never fun. I'd rather every game, despite the what the people in the crowd watching live are probably saying, going to Math 5, going to Round 3. That's the most fun for me. I love watching it. I think the only – there was only one 4-0, and it was my team. Yep, I think it was. Mayhem, Mayhem was the only 4-0 this weekend, so – it was to Atlanta. I, Maybe, know I mean, I think them. Dallas might have got 4 0'd their first round, too. But not many okay. teams got 4 0'd if they did. We had a first yeah. reverse sweep. So it's going to be a great season. We'll be talking tons of Overwatch, especially now that the thing's back. Dylan, what do you got? I have one more little thing to close this out on, on a little fun fact that I learned this weekend. Um, so I thought it was really cool because, you know, on Philly, the DPS player, Carpe, you know, he's well known. Everyone likes him. On Shanghai, there's a player. His name is Diem. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I wonder why he's named Diem. That's really weird because they used to play together and they're friends. Yeah. And they played on a contender team and they, they were like, we need to make uh, player names. Let's be Carpe Diem. And that's really cool and really wholesome. Aww. And I loved it. Well, when he was first signed, there's a lot of kind of interviews and talks about that. So that's when I first heard about that. But yeah, that I didn't know about that until then. Yeah, until that, that's now. really cool. I, I didn't even realize they played this weekend. But yeah, that was I love that kind of thing. There was a lot in like Dogman kind of coming up from. Um, 
the contenders kind of last minute with the debate and all that kind of stuff. A lot of great stories going on in the Overwatch League. So check out the Game House. Check out so many people writing great Overwatch content. So do check that out. But I know each one of you have one more story. So which one of you want to take it first and the other one wrap up the show? I'll let you fight to the death for it. Uh, let, me, let me take it and I'll let James wrap up the show. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, so um, the big news was Evo Japan happened um, this past weekend as well. Um, and uh, the big meme out of there is uh, the core values. Um, so if you hear anyone in the FGC talk about core values, it's because um, essentially they were showing off uh, DOA 6, Dead or Alive, which, you know, the big meme about Dead or Alive, it's hyper-sexualized. It's a very sexual game. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, you know... It's boob physics. It's yeah, all it Exactly, exactly. Um, and so they were showing it off and they had some some uh, scantily clad models up there and um, it was getting a, it was getting a little iffy up there. It was getting a little iffy. Um, it, 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 I don't know, I, it was kind of good and fun, but it was it was pushing it a little bit for like Twitch or whatever. But like there was no nudity or anything, but it, it was just people being scantily clad, doing scantily clad things, you know. Um, and of course, uh, the owner of uh, Evo, uh, Mr. Wizard, came out and was like. Oh, I apologize for the coverage we had of uh, Dead or Alive 6. Uh, this is something we don't stand by. It's not part of our core values or whatever. And everyone in part of the FGC, like online, was just like memeing on it super hard because like there was like a billion instant instances of like, you know, very similar stuff happening um, in the FGC. And the FGC has always been like, that's why I always say FGC is not esports because esports is like, it feels very corporate. It feels very clean cut. And FGC is like grassroots. People do whatever. And th- that's like the whole big meme of it. Um, and so people will keep posting pictures of random scantily clad things happening in the FGC and just going core values. Core values. <laughs> They'll throw core values on there. So um, that's a that's your, your, your meme of the week. Yeah, core I guess values. I don't have anything to add to that. I guess yeah, I didn't watch any of that or anything kind of like that. So that's uh, I, watched, I know about I the meme. That's the most important part. Yeah, I watched the clip that Dylan's talking about, and like, oh man, it was because you're right. Like, it, you're watching, and I'm like, no, I don't know if we should be getting away with this right now. I don't know if this should be on Twitch, but I mean, like, because they because the models, like, I don't know, man, I don't know if they were paid to be like that, but they were kind of going all out. So yeah, it, was, it, was, it was just it was really funny because it was it was just Evo Japan. So you know, they're speaking Japanese and stuff, but like, there's. Where they're they're looking at each other and it's like oh, oh. they're like okay oh bye oh I know what those words mean oh boy <laughs> yeah so I mean yeah man it was oh my god it was something that. else that's okay you can, okay I feel like we should just jump on <laughs> the next topic from here as soon as possible so James take it away yeah I get to talk about Tencent I love talking about Tencent Tencent's my favorite company to deal with. Um, so Tencent is introducing their core values for streaming. Um, so I guess there's, I didn't know this, but there's, there's several major platforms for streaming over in, uh, over in China, um, which includes, uh, Doyu, Hoya, Billy Billy, and, uh, Tencent actually has their own called, uh, Penguin Esports. That's the streaming platform. Um, but basically, and I'm not going to go through the list of rules or anything like that, but, or their core values. Um, but basically it's. Tencent has implemented these, this rule set for if you stream their games. Um, basically, and there, I, but it, it doesn't look like Tencent's trying to crack down on their streamers. It looks like they're like, okay, if you're going to stream our games, we need to kind of keep you in line with the government so we don't get in crap and you don't get in crap. So just kind of follow these rules and you should be okay. Um, some of them are kind of vague. Like, um, 
uh, where the, the big one, there's one that's really uh, discriminating or spreading false information to use others by pretending to officially represent 10 cents. One that I'm like, okay, why is that in there? Yeah. But content that causes any social, that causes any negative social influences. To what me, does that mean? exactly exactly so i don't know like that one's in there and it's so vague that i don't know what the birth of that interpretation can be for that but i'm kind of concerned because i saw that and it was just like oh boy because like a lot of the other ones are like okay dude, don't don't talk shit about tencent go figure you're using the game um but uh behavior directly or indirectly damaging tencent game users experience and brand so is that just toxicity what is that right so there's like this rule set is like I, I, I kind of see what Tencent's trying to do just to basically because I guess China basically had this they, they implemented like government governance and, and like requirements for like Internet usage. So this is Tencent trying to like abide by that in like implement it into their streaming platforms. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I I, I, I know like I, I was kind of I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about this or not because I know we've said before that we really don't really know the full scope. Of what's going on as far as like China's like internet laws and stuff like that because we've been back and forth between this and then last week we we're talking about how we we're getting esports esports professionals out of China so I mean like I don't know man <laughs> I have a question let's let's play let's play let's play a little game let's go into a little game show mode Project Esports game show which one of these seems weird to include so in 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 there they said they you should not be publicizing or releasing illegal information including but not limited to pornography, gambling, cults, terrorism, or other contents. Which one of those sounds weird to have in there? Well, Dylan, I'm going to go for cults for 200. Oh, you got it right. Why are they talking about cults? <laughs> like, I, like, like, don't get me wrong. I understand cults are bad. <laughs> are like, they? Like, why, why is it right next to You advocate terrorism? for cults. Okay, ours isn't going to be bad. You know, other cults are bad. We're the good cult. Don't worry about that. But no, why is cults in here? Is I, it is that a problem in China? I, apparently, it might be. The, and the, the again, the other concerning part is it's or other contents. What the hell is that, right? Like, I mean, like, there's like I hate how big the birth is of being like, well, you can kind of peg it under this one. You can kind of peg it under this one. Have fun being sued. I I think the the big thing is this is very similar to like twitch uh terms of service of where they will say that those kinds of things like well they'll give you like a general outline but they'll also be like you know or any reason that we might see fit we might come up with yeah exactly it's just like a random thing they'll throw in yeah 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 Yeah, and i mean i guess big big business andrew over here like this, this isn't really anything super uncommon nothing here i think it's just that they are kind of making this push. I mean, I'm sure governance could have been that. But even a lot of game um, developers nowadays in their terms of service have these things. Like, um, I, I can't remember what it is, but obviously the gaming industry is a little bit more left. And a extremely right um, person was streaming it. And they reached out and said, we don't want you to stream our game. Like, we do not allow you to stream their game. And they have the right to do that. So pretty much it is just that terminology it's that these people own the streaming platform so they get control what you say and do on there it's just like with twitch some people get very upset about what twitch allows and doesn't allow but ultimately they control the platform they get a pick when the game developers do it they ultimately have some control but they get to pick who plays their game who streams their game they have that choice so really like i think we're making it seem 
bigger than it is. I think this is common practice. Some of them kind of seem out of place, like the cult one. Like, did you really need to include cults? But no. But if you didn't, someone could have said, well, <laughs> I can't do pornography. I can't talk about terrorism. But I have a cult. Come join my cult when streaming. Like, now, uh, I just want I just want to shout out to any old stream boys out there who might know about Athene and his cult uh, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, he owns a castle. Yeah bless, yeah, bless up to anyone who remembers that. Um, but actually, I think it is a little weird that... I, okay, so this is China, so it's a little bit different. Um, so I can't really talk about Chinese law. But, like, IP law in America is kind of weird on that, where someone's like, you can't stream our game. Like, it. what if it, it's transformative content, though, right? Uh, I mean, I mean, I know, like, like, someone might say you're not allowed to play our game, but, like... Well, that they'd be it'd yeah, be no I mean, different than like streaming an NFL game. I mean, you don't own that content. Well, no, 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 no. It's different. If you stream part of an NFL game, if it's transformative, you literally can like host it. Like if if you're doing like a like a recap of it or whatever, that's transformative. And yeah, so, like true. you know, I think I think there is a world where you can say that streaming a, a video game if you're putting your your face on there you're playing the game you're interacting with chat and you're, you're talking about it and you're maybe you're given strategy that's that's transformative content right there i think i think that could, i i mean i don't think there's actually been a, a court case behind it yet but i think you know one day we're going to see that because i think that is probably going to be a precedent that's going to have to be set at some point because i mean yeah like riot for instance they could ban someone like 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 that it's their game they can ban yeah. someone if they want but in terms of just streaming it i don't th- i don't think you really have a legal precedence for that but it seems like go ahead go on, no, go on go my, my point was actually kind of null and void um it, it seems like this is it might be also dealing with the um dealing with the various streaming platforms too where we only primarily have one in north america and basically rest of the rest of the world right china is bouncing around with basically four um it, by the looks of the rules kind of came out after like a dude was sued after he was already signed with one streaming platform. He was sued by another one after streaming on them. So uh, for like $7.2 million. Oh. Like, yeah. 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 So there was. Hmm? No, 49 million uh, yen translating to 7.24. Oh, is yen Japanese? Oh, yen is Japanese. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm, uh, RMB. RMB. Yeah, so RMB is yeah forty nine million RMB, which is seven point two four. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So, and like in that, by the looks of it, that was no like I, I'm not too sure what the uh, what the conduct was around that. Like as far as like law oh no, it, it it says right here that totally makes sense. It's just it's just like a, a like he signed an offer. So basically, um, yeah. it was just like it, it's like you signed an offer to like play on a certain streaming platform, which. Technically, um, all partner streamers sign some sort no, of agreement. Affiliates, even too. Like, if yeah, we wanted yeah. to stream on YouTube, um, we'd have to do it under a different name or anything like that. Even then, we're technically not supposed to on Twitch. Even if you're affiliate, no content that you produce is supposed to be published anywhere else until 24 hours after. So, technically, even when I think we post our YouTube video, we might be breaking that. There's no way to prove that. Twitch isn't listening to us right now, hopefully. Don't don't say it out loud. You might have Big some brother. staff in the chat. No, you never everyone, know. Everyone does it. But but, but but I mean Twitch Twitch is a thing of where like they I mean, if that ha- even a big streamer, if that happened to them, they would just ban them or, you know, just one. take them off the platform. You know, they're, they're not gonna go after anyone and actually sue them for it. I but I mean eh, it's, it's I'm it's sure a, it's I'm, an agreement. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, no, that's uh, that's only a little business update from Tencent. Love we'll be game, talking guys. about them a lot more. We, I feel like we've been talking to about them more and more kind of as times are going on because the Chinese kind of economy is playing in Tencent, especially some of the bigger companies, is playing a bigger, bigger role in video games and esports as a whole. So it's not the last time you'll hear that name on us. But that is kind of the last of our big four stories. I don't feel like anything besides kind of the Overwatch League and the Rainbow Six were kind of the meaty two. The rest were kind of quick ones. But we do have a couple more honorable mentions. I know both of you loaded. I actually didn't find anything I want to talk about. So we'll just pepper those out. We have a little bit of time still, so feel free to talk a little bit more about them. But whichever one yeah, you guys so I, want to kind of go with that. I guess we'll just go ahead and order it all start, and then we'll just like – We'll, we'll, we'll switch Big off count. between them. So I just want to give a shout out to Aiden Hiko, right? Uh, Dot esports. Um, he's been tried really good. Yeah, he's been. This was supposed to go last week, but yeah. he's been putting out really good content on Dot esports recently around like, um, you know, healthy lifestyle and gaming. Like, hey, here's some foods you should be eating if you're gaming. Like, oh, hey, really? here's some stretches. Is that extreme? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, hey, here's some here's some like healthy uh, stretches you should be doing um, if you're if you're if you're playing games. Like, it's really cool, and I think that's content that we need to have um, here in gaming and esports because, like, yeah, you know, you have the old meme of like uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew and gamers and stuff like that. But like, uh, and Monster Energy Drink, James, you know, living up to the stereotype. But um, but yeah, like, because you know, those are good things to implement, and like in the professional scene people don't do those kinds of things. Yeah. Like they do live very healthy lives. They exercise, yeah. they, they are athletes. Um, so it's just like getting those little things to people who are even playing um, on the amateur level, you know, it's really important. So well, for me, I, I sat in my chair for eight hours straight and watch Overwatch League without moving or really eating anything better than Mountain Dew. You yep. should be stretching. Even in the office world, they tell you that. They're like, please stand up off of your desk and walk around because otherwise you're just, you'll get blood clots and die. Yeah, I know um, back in the day, um, old StarCraft Pro. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's married to Anna Prosser. Doesn't help. So, at all. Not, bo- I, I, not boxer, is it? No, 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 no. Um, he's like older, big American dude. I forget his name. He played on EG. I, oh, 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 oh. He in only, control, in control, control. Yeah, yeah so go, in yeah. control. Back in the day, um, actually, because he was he was playing uh, StarCraft so much, uh, he actually got a blood clot in his leg. Um, and the scary thing about blood clots is that if they dislodge uh, and they go to your heart or brain, you die. You maybe, um, they, they cause an embolus and they yeah, will. Oh, yeah, because we, we got our we got our health professional over here who actually knows. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. 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 But actually, please get up and walk around because otherwise you could get blood clots in your legs and possibly just die. Especially if you're on blood thinners. Big deal. So you can now thank Prodigy Sports for not dying. I think that's what we can take away from that little <laughs> article. You you listened to us for 30 seconds, and now you will no longer die. So you're welcome. James, what you got? Yeah. So uh, we are kind of bouncing around a little bit, but nothing crazy, because I think Dylan really front-loaded the honorable mentions, but that's fine. Um, so I just want to talk quickly about Method. Um, Method seemed to be the biggest successful uh, streamers for Warcraft. Um, they streamed, again, their... Their race for the world first, so the newest uh, newest um, raid. Um, and they they actually sat down and talked with Sco, who's the who's the GM. Uh, his full name is Scott McMillan. Watch him a lot. Great dude. Good personality. Um, and basically, how much of a gamble it was because for them, like this was something that only worked because they were good. Um, basically, if they had gotten beaten out by another team, which they didn't, Limit was really 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 close. Um, who were a North American guild. Um, Pretty much, it would have kind of screwed their entire model over. But because they got World Force the first time, and they, because they got it again, it's created this monopoly of like, 
we can stream as many people as we want all the time. Because for them, for the longest time, and it, it kind of is kind of like a um, a big thing for a lot of Warcraft streamers, with the exception of like Asmongold and like and like Towley and stuff like that. A lot of these dudes streaming isn't like a priority because it's it's gameplay that's not like I don't want to call it lackadaisical, but it kind of is. Not you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, well, it's not exactly right. Like you're not watching crazy kills and stuff like that. But all these guys run off of personalities. This is one of the few times that you're starting to see these guys really like they're pushing content and all this stuff. And you're watching these guys wipe. Like I think uh, for Jaina on this re- recent expansion, they wiped like 200, 300 times, right? And like, but people didn't care. They had tens of thousands of viewers every time they every time they streamed. It was crazy. Even their replays had like ten thousand viewers. Hmm. And that was just like when they weren't like they weren't streaming, right? So, um, yeah, and they, they did they did voice out like Sco especially as well as the the person owns method. I can't remember the name off uh, off the top of my head. Um, we're basically like, come on, Blizzard, like help. Like we know this wasn't meant to be an esport, but we're kind of making it one for you. Like, but it's just let's see. Yeah, they're the only ones really. They're the only yeah, they're the only ones that are really doing it right now because I don't think I don't think anybody really predicted world races even being a thing you know what i mean like nobody expected like racing to be the f- the first you know person to kill the last boss of this new raid was ever going to be competitive so uh yeah no it was just kind of cool it was kind of cool to get some insight behind that and how it was a risk and you know if they weren't as good as they were they'd be screwed right so i'm i'm assuming they're going to take the next gamble the next raid expansion especially because it's working for them i'm sure i'm sure it's doing them really good and i think dylan you and i talked about it briefly their setup as far as like where they're streaming out of, like out of the Red Bull headquarters, it's insane. Mm-hmm. The amount of infrastructure they have is ridiculous. So keep it up, Method. I want to see more of it. I love it. Dylan, bounce back to you for one last honorable mention. Uh, actually, I have uh, I have two two of them, or maybe one. I don't know if James is taking the other one, so I'm I'll let James take the last one. Uh, no, James, read it. Read off, James. Uh, you'll read the last one off. But uh, my local newspaper, which. Uh, you know, is just a Washington Post. Um, I went on there and I saw, yeah, it is my local newspaper technically. Um, but yeah, I went on there and I was reading through the news and on the front page, big picture, title, Sonic Fox, the gay furry esports player 2018. I was like, oh wow, this is actually really big because it's the Washington Post. Yeah. It's a it's huge. It's a newspaper. Everyone knows, it's like one of the most famous ones. It's like that and the New York Times are like the top two probably. Um, but it's pretty incredible because we had esports on the front page, and not only that, it's Sonic Fox, which good representation. Be, I mean, yeah, I mean, however you want to take them, like at yeah. least in terms of like gender and all that kind of stuff, representation. Great for the LGBT community. Great for esports. Just super cool overall. Yeah, and I think it's Enjoy. very interesting that I, he got on the front page. I mean, he's been making huge splashes in the esports community, so big as rippling to the mainstream, which is. Very cool, I think, because at the very least, it's another article about esports. It's true. And it's in the Washington Post, which I think, again, yeah. is a front page, deal. too. It was, it was, well, I don't know about the physical paper, but at least online for the day, it was the front page. It's front page, yeah. Yeah, in our in our, our last article, I guess it, it does make sense that I take it because it's I can kind of throw a rock at these guys. Um, so Toronto Defiant, for anybody who's kind of been paying attention to the um, when the when the expansion teams were just starting out. Um, there's this huge controversy of like what would happen with Toronto because Toronto, the team out of Toronto was um, Boston Uprising's contender team. Um, so there was a giant mess about that and their owner being a total scumbag, all that good stuff. Um, but now the uh, Toronto 
Toronto Defiant announced where the Contenders team was, and they're going to be based in Montreal, which is kind of dope. Um, so it's another city that has a pretty big influence into the esport. Um, I don't know if there's been any roster leaks or anything like that, or either they haven't even. They like still kind of come together. It took a while for them to even really announce that those theirs. People were already kind of speculating it beforehand because obviously the Toronto Defiant followed them and they kind of leaked out. Yeah. Uh, Steiner is actually one of the first people um, um, we had him on a while back and go check out anything stuff. He was kind of one of the first ones kind of breaking the news on that. But yeah, not too much news on that. Um, when we first talked about the contender changes, any Overwatch League teams that wanted to get a contender spot would automatically get it. So obviously yeah. this is Toronto Defined, which was one of the teams that was still up in the air, I believe, about if they wanted to or not, confirming that spot finally. So super cool. Contenders is, I think, the um, play-ins right now from contenders are going on uh, still. They are, yeah. I know Chicken uh, Contendies just officially got in earlier today. And I think there's maybe one or two more spots to do it. But contenders will be starting up soon. And we will do some cover on Jettawell because of poor Tier 2 Overwatch. Yeah, Tier 2 Overwatch, guys. We love it. Why are you laughing at Chicken Contendies? It's a good team name. It is arguably the best team name, actually. That's why I'm laughing. It is very high up there. The chicken mascot is pretty cute, too. But that is all we have for Prodigy Esports today, unless either one of you want to touch on anything else from earlier today. I'm still waiting for my Mayhem gear. Same. So I'll have my jersey later this week, my custom jersey that I will 100% take a picture and post the second I get it and wear it next week. But if we have nothing else to say, thank you all so much for tuning in to Project Esports Podcast for February 18th, 2019. As always, it's great to have you guys with us. Yeah, guys, in any interaction we get through you guys, be it through the chat, be it through our listens, be it through comments, all the good stuff on Twitter. Um, we love it. We appreciate it. We'll respond to everything. We love responding to stuff. Interaction's great. And we go live every single Monday. I'm talking every single Monday, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, right here at twitch.tv slash thegamehouse. And we also are live, or not live, but the VODs go live, and uh, the podcast goes live every single Tuesday morning on every single uh, podcast platform out there. So Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, uh, pod bean whatever weird podcasts uh things you listen on um it's there um it might be a russian site it might be scary to go to but it's there it's on all of them so go check it out and do make sure to follow us on twitter.com slash the esports pod just for any big announcements or anything kind of like that that is kind of our main hub for everything so you can find all the content it's the number one place to interact with us like james said so do make sure to go follow that because that is our number one hub for kind of everything we do and any major announcements we make but With that, thank you very much. I am Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And that is all for the Project Esports Podcast. We will see you guys next week.